go to B&Q or home base, go to the colour chart, choose their colour, and then choose five shades darker and five shades lighter. That is then their toning colours to work alongside their colour palette. Welcome to the Yes Do I Do podcast, your weekly wedding planning show hosted by Jack Brister and Chris Piercy. Hello and welcome to Yes Do I Do, your wedding planning podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Piercy. I am joined by my co-host, uh, Jack Brister. Say hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. And don't ever say that on a plane. Um, <laughs> see, that was good. That was and awful. I, yeah, we are joined by our very special guest, uh, Jessica Hillier. How are you, Jessica? Very well, thank you. Very well. So, Jessica, uh, tell me a bit about what your business is and uh, what it does. Okay, well, business is Jessica Hillier Floral Design, and within that, I am not just a florist, but I also do the design aspects of the wedding from start to finish. Um, so that's basically what my company does. Awesome. So how long have you been in the wedding industry for? So been in the industry for 12 years, but have uh, launched this year, 2018. Um, so fairly new, but with a lot of knowledge of 12 years. Yeah, I think you'd pick up an awful lot of experience, insight and knowledge within that time, which is one of the reasons I was so keen to get you on the show. Um, so when you have couples come to you for, for design and for, for, for flowers and floristry whatever you want to refer it to as do they have a clear idea in mind often or is it they come to you like of a like a blank canvas or just um or full ideas I mean is there just a or is there a big variety in that bit of both really um they sometimes come in with their full pinterest like this is exactly what i want you know to the dot to the ting you're like oh, okay that's fine and then also you're going to get the brides who just want guidance they say right this is my overall look but I'm happy to be, you know, led in a certain way. So that's for me the ideal bride where they have full faith and full trust in your design because that's where they, they, they've come to you is because they've seen your style and gone, you, you've got it, that's what I want. And you go, okay, let's start from right from the beginning and we'll really uh, go from there. So Jessica, how would you define your style? Because I think uh, for most people who perhaps don't know about flowers and that kind of thing could just see a florist as well a florist really so what makes your your styles and your designs different uh well my style i kind of like to cater all so when a bride comes to me i will see their design and basically make it for them so even though i like to forage if a bride comes to me and say oh i'm really modern compact then i can tweak my designs exactly to what they see and desire but overall uh foraging is my way forward that's uh, that's an interesting. Now, what I was just came into my head as you said uh, about the fact you've been in um, it for twelve years, and then you mentioned Pinterest. How much has the rise of things like Pinterest and other things of that nature uh, influenced uh, the wedding industry? It's changed everything completely. It's crazy. If a bride doesn't come with a Pinterest, then you kind of like have you been underneath a rock this whole time. But it is also the best thing for us, but also the worst because a bride will come saying, look, I love this bouquet. I want exact same colours. And then you were trying to have to tell them in a nice way, like it's been so Photoshop and the colours aren't true anymore. So yes, that rose looks lovely, but it's actually not the true colour. So we try and guide them saying, look, you know, if your colour palette is, uh, let's say, an autumn, We'll do autumn shades, cappuccino lattes, uh, with a hint of the burgundies. But what you see isn't going to be true to the day. So we try and guide them with the whole Pinterest. So 
I guess a part of your job is to a certain extent uh, managing expectations as well. Completely. Yeah, you're you're not trying to break their dream, but you're trying to just guide them with planning a wedding and saying, go on Pinterest, find everything you like, because it, it helps us because when they say, this is my style, I'm very romantic, I want tablescapes, all this, but then you see their Pinterest, you go, actually, you're going down a different avenue. So it's nice to see what they say to what you see can actually be different. Yeah, I think that's something that if we go back to our very, very, very first episode uh, with Kirsten Sayre, she, uh, the makeup artist, she was talking about a lot of people coming in with a Pinterest board and having to manage the expectations there because they'd come in and say, I want makeup like this. But in reality, it had been photoshopped to high heavens and didn't actually look anything like that in real life. I guess it's the same with... Uh, with flowers yeah no completely and you also kind of have to remind them most well some of them on pinterest have been photo shoots and they have been styled a certain way so a certain angle isn't actually true to the bouquets so it's that way also trying to just go you know we'll guide you but it looks lovely but we'll make it as perfect as we can for your day so how much um quite often so I mean, it's not something i do as a magician i'm sure jack hasn't done either uh but quite often you will have a wedding photo shoots where you kind of set up a kind of faux wedding with the styling and the makeup and the hair and the dress and things like that i mean uh how, how important is that for, for your side of the business in terms of showing off what you can do oh it's brilliant um so actually today i do have one um it just gives you more guide of how you want your flowers to be trade. And, you know, even though you have your style for the bride and you love your work, but then the photographer might not have the correct style and it's quite dark and dirty where you want this really light, fresh feel. So for me, a styled shoe, you have full control. I guess what it does to a certain extent is because whenever you're working with a, a couple, you are helping them create their vision. Whereas when you do a photo shoot, that is 100% your own vision of what you want your work to be seen as, right? Completely. Perfect. I think it's a great chance to move on to our topic of today that Jessica's chosen. Um, you want to talk about how not to waste money on your wedding. Is that right, Jessica? Correct, yes. Yeah, and uh, what has made you choose that topic today? It's just, for me, I want to go down that avenue is because you hear so many brides over the years saying, oh, if I could do it again, I'll change it this way. So you just want to now go, right, you have this budget, let's not blow it on the small things that aren't actually going to be uh, visually shown or seen to by the guests. So it's going down to that view of, you know, pick and choose what will be best. Well, I think Chris and I certainly have some opinions on this as, as entertainers and what people actually remember and all that kind of thing. In fact, we've had a podcast uh, last a couple of weeks ago that was talking about that. Um, but have you got any examples specifically within the floral market that people stress about, really worry about, that in reality you think isn't actually that important at all? Yeah, for me... <laughs> most things is an R marker or a PUN. They're like, right, I've got, you know, a hundred guests. How many seats have I got seated? How many aisles is there? And you kind of go at the end of the day, people are going to walk straight past and sit down and not really notice. So you rather say to them, forget, you know, having 10 different little jars going down the PUNs and have one amazing feature at the end where you're going to be photographed with that archway instead of having a little jar that's going to get lost. And kicked over, as I've seen. Um, yes. 
Yes. Several times. I think one of the things that I think, and you may completely disagree on this, is buttonholes. I don't. I've literally zero clue whatsoever how much a buttonhole costs. But let's say you do it for the, the groom, and you do it for the ushers, and you do it for the the father of the bride, and you do it for the father. You, you're going to end up with say numbers mount. The numbers add up, and they cost however much they cost. But surely that's going to be over a hundred quid, which could be easily spent on something which is going to be much more memorable. Obviously they are in the photos and I understand they do tie in with the colour theme or the bride's bouquet or whatever it might be but I just think that's a great way of just saving money straight away or, or am I wrong on that? Uh, yes and no. So uh, yeah you could be right on the whole money front so if you're averaging around about sort of £10 a buttonhole and you're trying to cater to 100 people then um, to 10 people then that's your £100 gone. Um for me, a buttonhole can work, especially for the groom, because he is going to be in all the photos. So you want to really show off him. But the remaining party, when you know, you're know going down to the uncles and the little ushers and all this, you kind of go, I don't think a page boy at age three is really going to make notice to his buttonhole or really actually care for it. And it's going to be beaten off within the first second. Well, yeah, or, or put in his mouth and that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is there good nutrition in the buttonhole? Probably not. No. <laughs> so Jack, Jack, have you got any anything particularly that you notice at weddings that you think that that's just not going to be noticed or that's just not adding any value to the day? So this is perhaps a little controversial, but a friend of mine, a, a photographer, she's called Jessica as well, actually. She's Jessica Grace Photography based in uh, Surrey area. And she wrote a blog post not that long ago and included me in it she was talking about how to be more eco-friendly and one of the things she said that people spend a lot of money on and spend a lot of time on are the uh, favors that everyone leaves yes almost always leave and she was talking about how you could perhaps spend that money better on entertainment or something that people are actually going to use and remember and i thought that was a really interesting uh, point that in fact the favours are never really remembered. They're not taken home. Very rarely are they taken home and ever used. You know, sometimes they're sweets or something, but you never actually remember them. So, yeah, Chris, I know you, you're looking at me like you've got something to say. I, I think I kind of degree, uh, agree and disagree with that because I think it depends on how much thought has gone into them. I mean, often I've seen people just buying everyone, every single guest a scratch card. Uh, I mean, so that's like 100 guests, £2 a scratch card, that's 200 quid gone. And, you know, someone's going to win and they're going to go home happy and everyone else is just like, well, the chances are that over over half of them are going to win nothing, right? Um, the, I have seen some really good wedding favours, though. And then the best I've ever seen, and this is also the most time-consuming, is the bride and groom at this particular wedding actually hand-wrote a note to every single guest. So, and that is something which you'd like to think that they were going to... Um, they would uh, take home with them and treasure and it's also free so if you're wanting to do really great wedding favors and you have got a bit of spare time or maybe on a commute or something like that then that's a good thing to do uh and one of the most fun ones i've seen as well is providing just um what essentially were fridge magnet letters but they were very small and people were just writing rude words and that kept people entertained for hours <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the um writing a note i've seen that as well at one of my weddings and if anything it's more personalized because then each couple is now looking at, you know, their car and saying they really thought about me. And that is when they want to take it home and keep it. So just having, I don't know, a couple of chocolates because they're just going to get demolished. Yeah, for sure. 
you have anything specific, Jessica, about that you think is money money is spent on is actually pretty forgettable? So what else is forgettable? Yeah. I mean, really, how important is a colour theme? Like, do people actually remember it? Colour theme, I, for <laughs> a woman, is very important to me. You want your colour palette to start from the bridesmaids' dresses to the bridal bouquets, to me, even to the linen tables, cloths and napkins. What does that add to the day, though? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's creating an overall theme. So I know the whole napkins and linens are free from the hotels and... But if you've got a beautiful colour palette and all of a sudden that then leaks through to the tables, it just adds a whole different atmosphere for when it comes to photography photos and videographers that just really impacts your theme. Must remember that though. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, how many people three years down the line go, oh, you know that that wedding I went to? I really loved the blues. (laughs) I mean, obviously it's important in that it ties the whole day together and it makes it all kind of work but people i don't know if it's worth as much hassle as people think it is necessarily i mean it's obviously not that it's your... much hassle yeah i mean this but it's your job isn't it yeah true i have to so i mean <laughs> i have to get the supplier bride, in and then should... put them down yeah like them. a bride should just this is where the kind of the expertise comes in i think in that you know what you're doing so a bride should perhaps say I'm thinking this is where I want to go and then you can go away and and, and deal with it because you know what you're doing it'll take you not very long to do but a bride could be thinking about it for months and months trying to get the perfect colour to match with this and that and the other this is why you so. never tie in um, you never go for exact shades because you want toning colours so if you've got a blush pink uh tablescape uh, floral design but then you want to add in a couple of peaches and whites really tie in that you know design or palette then you spread those shades through to the linen table so you're not actually going okay flowers are peach table's going to be peach that's when it gets really quite not pretty to look at so would you say that it is a waste of a couple's money if they try and do a, a color theme by themselves so it sounds like quite a difficult thing to actually get right or i mean is that the time when your money is going to be really well spent on a designer uh it's actually really quite simple for a bride uh my top tip to brides is to go to being your home base go to the card chart choose their color and then choose five shades darker and five shades lighter that is then their toning colors to work alongside their color palette talk yourself out of a job there right yeah, pretty much but it helps us because then it, it makes them more relaxed going actually i don't have to pick every single color to match this and go right so the hydrangea has to be that color and the rose has to be this color as well we just go look these are your tone colors now work with them so you want someone to come to you having uh, in an ideal world they've got their main color and then they've gone and done that process at being cute or whatever and then you can go right we can go off and do this and this and this Uh, with it and you can just run with that idea yeah run with that idea but i also have those colors here with me in my studio i've already gone and picked everything out for them to say because i know what flowers get used most often so if it's a cappuccino color for an autumn wedding then i've got the toning colors to show them what will work best so uh kind of just flipping this whole thing on its head uh obviously we've been talking about not wasting money at your wedding once you've saved this money and wherever they're, they're going to save the money, where do you, Jessica, think that that money could be better spent? 
<laughs> I know what you guys want to say. Magic. <laughs> no, uh, we wouldn't. We wouldn't dream never, of such a thing. No, definitely not getting those looks. Um, for me, it is actually down to entertainment because that is where your atmosphere will grow and will be remembered. For me, it was a live band, so I had BB3, and they just set everything alight, and it just that was the perfect ending. We didn't pay her to say that. No. Honest. I swear. We, no, we, we didn't. We, Got a bag of money on the side it, of me. <laughs> it was a condition of you coming on the podcast, but we definitely didn't. Uh, did, definitely didn't tell you to say that at all. No, I, I, I think whether you, it's down to personal opinion. I think with that sort of thing, in terms of what you think personally as a couple is going to be remembered, because when people come to a wedding, essentially it's a party with some kind of formal stuff around it. So you want people to have fun. And people, like as Jack has mentioned before, people remember the food and the funny. Uh, and I don't think it's, I don't think that's incorrect at all. So if you do have extra money, then put put it on the things that you perceive is going to be um, unforgettable. And me and Jack both know that it's us, but other people might not agree with that. Absolutely. Jessica seen me do magic, and she she thought it was amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. apple drawn from the cup was brilliant. <laughs> you just, Chris, you just missed my absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh no! It. Well, I'm going to pretend that never happened, and we'll move swiftly on. I feel like I should, this needs an explanation, though, for people. Yeah, for, for those I kind of want to know. For, for those of you who are, who are not regular listen, listeners, uh, we started playing a little game called Absolutely Bingo because in the first few episodes we realised that Jack said absolutely at the start of every single one of his sentences. Uh, so I was uh, calling up on it and going bing every time he said absolutely but i was so drawn into my own point that i uh, missed jack saying absolutely and i'm pretty distraught i can imagine you are i'm happy about it though i think it's a good time now to move on to our quick fire questions though very quickly before i say it again so uh, question number one uh your number one tip for hiring uh, a florist and design expert for your wedding uh, for me is take your time uh, because you actually want to see their style, not in person, but through their catalogues and their portfolios. But you want to get a feel of, yeah, they really do grasp me. So going to the fairs is a uh, way forward for that one. Fantastic. Uh, moving on, your favourite wedding story? Uh, favourite one, I think, was uh, I actually was a guest to a wedding in Tuscany and we're all sitting down for dinner and all of a sudden singing waiters just popped up and oh my god the uproar and just the clapping you kind of just want to get up and sing even though you can't sing to their depth but that was extraordinary i do love singing waiters and conversely your worst wedding story looking forward to this uh was a faux pas uh but we always bring extras because who doesn't uh did a wedding traveled uh some distance got there and didn't realize i had some uh tissue technically uh purple tissue on the side and where you know driving water tissue it leaked and went onto the bridal bouquets and turned them a tie-dye purple so luckily i had (laughs) extra stuff extra pins took all apart no one knew i guess that ties into what we were saying before in a previous podcast about the importance of hiring a professional right because uh an amateur no i just did it again yes yes <laughs> Bing! <laughs> oh, you no. couldn't. You couldn't not do it. You couldn't not do it. Um, 
And I'm so happy now. Uh, moving on to the um, penultimate question, your number one wedding planning tip in general, so not necessarily to do with um, flowers. Uh, tip for me is, as I said before, go down to B&Q Homebase, get your colour palette, and always get five shades darker and lighter, just so you get a feel of you know where your decor is going to go. Fantastic. And that moves us on to, uh, finally, our random question of the week, uh, which I do make up on the spot, and I am just smiling so much about Jack saying absolutely that I've just completely forgotten to even think about it as we've been going along here. Um, what's your favourite colour? Um, do you know how boring I am? It's cream. <laughs> 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 it's cream white. <laughs> I just... Yeah, with a hint, a hint of like a blush. Yes, yeah, so it's three shades. I, I'd be lying if I said I'm not a little bit disappointed with that answer. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jack, uh, and, as, and as always, I get to ask you the random question as well. So, Jack, what you is do. your favourite colour? Well, if you were to look in my wardrobe, it would be blue. So I'm just going to stick with that as being an easy answer. It's 95% of my wardrobe is blue or shades of not Disney Red. No, not Disney Red. Not Mickey Mouse ears. Uh, well, they are behind me. I can get them out for you. Yeah, no. I can. No? no I'm, Afterwards. I'm, we'll do it after the podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll do it after the podcast. And Chris, uh, your favourite colour? Oh, um, I I don't know what colour it is. It's purple. Well, the purple burgundy kind of colour I have on my suits. It's, it's the one that makes me look absolutely handsome as hell, is the one I'm talking about, so... I don't know which one you're talking about then. It's, it's a mystical colour that doesn't exist, right? Uh, <laughs> which brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, and that uh, leads us to say a, a big thank you to Jessica Hillier for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You're very it's welcome. Been a pleasure. And how can people find out about your business? Uh, so on my website is jessicahillier.co.uk and I'm on Instagram and Facebook as jh floral design underscore fantastic and jack if people are crazy enough to want to hear more about what you do uh, where can they find out about what you do uh, they can go to the luxury magician.com uh, they can go to facebook at jack brister at the luxury magician no jack brister the luxury magician sorry or you can find me on instagram at j brister magic um again as i always say you can find me on twitter but i can't remember the last time i tweeted so don't do that I don't know why you say that in every single episode. You're literally pointing people towards a platform on which you have no use at all. I should probably just delete it, really, shouldn't I? Then I don't or, have to worry or, about it yes. anymore. Or just not mention the fact that you even have it. And if someone does fall upon it, then fine. Um, so, yeah, you're mad. Uh, okay, if Chris, you... if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? Well, thank you very much for asking. They can go to uh, chrispiercymagic.co.uk. Piercy is spelled P-I-E-R-C-Y. Or you can find me, uh, Chris Piercy Magic, on Instagram. Or if you just type in Chris Piercy Magician, it should find me on Facebook. So that's the end of the show. Uh, yeah, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can find us on all of the usual places, wherever you stream your music. So we're on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes. We're on uh, Stitcher. Amazon, Alexa, Google Podcasts, Deezer, basically wherever you stream your music, you can find us. Fantastic. 
So, uh, anything we want to add? I don't think there is. So, thanks once again to Jessica. See you next time, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yes Do I Do. Please remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram using the tag at Yes Do I Do Podcast.